You're commuting home with Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. We got a full studio tonight. Judge Richard Weinberg, Tony Carbonetti, and Peter King and John Katsimatidis. And first on the line, we have... Now on the line with us, we have the chief of staff to Mayor Adams here in New York City, Frank Carone. Welcome to welcome back to Cats at Night. And Frank, you announced that you want to leave December 31. We need more common sense in city government. Where the heck are you going? <laughs> John, you know, the, the plan. That, uh, first of all, hello, everyone. Thank you, John, for allowing me and judge and congressman and everyone. Um, Tony. So, John, you know, the plan when when I was privilege enough to have the mayor ask me to be his chief of staff. And that was right at the time when he won the primary. And the plan was I would sort of, you know, oversee and uh, transition. Um, I would give him a, through the transition with six months and then another solid year and then move on to, you know, run the campaign. So I made that commitment. That was our plan all along to build the team, you know, create a culture within the team, uh, make sure that we could, Interact with one another to advance the maze agenda, deal with crises as they as they come, and move the needle on significant projects. So uh, it's time for the the next the next phase. I still have three and months and, and change, and I'm going to keep my head down and sprint right to the end. And I don't know where I'm going to go after. I'm going to see spend a little time with my family who I haven't really given meaningful time in a very long time. So. That's uh, Frank, been our- what are we going to do to keep the city safe? I mean, New York City will be back to its old uh, uh, style. All we have to do is those 3,000 criminals, our police commissioner has said, uh, are violent criminals and they shouldn't be on the streets in New York. What are we going to do? Yeah, John, you know, we, you, you know, we've been discussing this very often. It's on our mind 24 hours a day. And, you know, we disagree with the legislature on of course, dangerousness as it relates to bail. But there's other parts of the criminal justice system that we have to focus on uh, because our police department, they're really doing a great job. They're, they're making the arrest. They're working hard. They're, they're trying to keep people safe as the best that they can. We're so proud of them, and it's, it's a great police commissioner. But there's another part to this process uh, at, you know, that happens after an arrest, and it's the adjudication component. And we just need to really examine that, look at our discovery laws, and you know, make sure that they're 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 fairly um, applied, and you know that there's a speedy trial for all. But you, we do need to focus on the second part of the case, which you don't hear as much about. Um, you know, it's the adjudications. I can recall, you know, being a criminal defense lawyer in the, in the '90s, where we you know we, we would run from courtroom to courtroom and negotiate plea dispositions with the assigned assistant and the judge, and we wouldn't have to get to discovery a little later, provided those cases went to a trial part. Now. That starts in the beginning, and it's a big burden on the, the on the people, on the district attorneys, and on the judiciary. Um, so we we have to we really know what to look at. We've convened as many people as we can to put together a summit. We're going to have in Gracie to really discuss these issues with the Sixth Amendment right to speedy trial being our north star, and then we're going to just work towards that. And we really believe that's going to make that a big difference. And you'll hear more on that in the weeks coming. Frank, Frank, it wasn't that easy in the 90s to get the axe man out of jail. You know, I'm obsessed with this. I can't believe this guy didn't spend a night in jail. Yeah, we we have to we we were talking about that internally, and that's something we're going to also look at, uh, Tony. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard because to... it's one of those things. As a New Yorker, you can see your family in that restaurant. It's a fast food place. The kids or someone stopping by to pick up a burger on the way home. 
and this happens, and you just look around, there's there's a dozen people in that place that were terrorized. Frank, it's it's Richard Weinberg. There are three things you have to you have to do most respectfully. You have to change the bail law so dangerousness is part of the uh, the agenda, so a judge can hold somebody in on dangerousness. That's number one. Number two, you have to change the discovery piece, as you've alluded to, and you have to give the prosecution more time to uh, produce the uh, the files because otherwise cases are being dismissed because they can't be processed. Three, you have to change the raise the age law. They raise it up to 18. You can't have these kids being in family court. Large numbers of these kids are dangerous. And then the fourth component that Tony and you were just talking about, a guy like this, whether he's criminally capable of an act or not, should be sent to a mental institution for observation it's not under the, police, the mental, it's a hygiene, under the mental hygiene law. It was just been dangerous. Yes, yeah. it was Delancey Street. Yeah. Frank Carone, you said that you were talking about this internally, so I can imagine all of you are also frustrated and outraged to see this guy. I mean, it all started because a girl turns him down, and then he whips out a, a tomahawk, a hatchet, an axe in the back, in his backpack, and he just goes on a tirade. So what goes through your mind as a city official saying, this isn't my city, this is, and then you guys are getting blamed for it. The mayor, People are blaming the mayor's office. You know, we... We look at being a lawyer and, and all of us being really experienced in this administration. We we don't you know rush to judgment without getting a handle on the facts, on the elements of the case. So we're going to really look at that, and we're going to look at it in the context of what I said earlier. How can we? How, what can we do in our span of control besides just make noise? Right? We we and we can do a lot more than just make noise. We can focus in on what's really really going to move the needle. And and I was I just wanted to sort of you know hitchhike off of what the judge was saying he listed four points there's a fifth one and it really is besides what you said judge about the uh, discovery laws and, and the like it's the judiciary you have to make sure that we um, have enough judges uh, and the judges are the ones that we are responsible for appointing you know um, have public safety as a integral component of their um, philosophy and that's something that we pay a lot of attention to but and then thereafter, what can we do to advocate for that you know third branch of government that it, there's it's enough of them to move these cases with the kind of alacrity that could bring them to a conclusion? And if someone is you know acquitted and and, and found not to be guilty, they should go home. Yeah. But Frank, if they are convicted, yeah. they should Frank, be held accountable, sentenced accordingly. Frank, this is Pete King. Before the time runs out, first of all, I want to give uh, Commissioner Sewell and the NYPD credit for taking so many guns off the street. That's really not being fully noticed. But on the other hand, is there any way that, that, that the proactivity of the cops can be increased? They're doing it with guns. I know there's different restrictions out there, but I think people see the quality of life deteriorating. And uh, if there's some way that cops can be given more more leeway, and I know staying within the Constitution, staying within all the court decisions, but again, people just don't feel secure, as Tony Carbonetti says. Yeah, so we, thank you, Congressman. So we, we meet every morning, 8 a.m., and we know the police, police commissioner is on those calls, and we talk daily on that call, and then thereafter throughout the day on making sure the cop, the police officers have, you know, city, the backing of City Hall. They know that the thing, tools that they need that we're supporting, and we really believe that they're doing an incredible job. Remember, Congressman, the arrest is one component. You do then have the case to deal with, and you know, a person is supposed to be innocent to proven guilty, and we all believe in that. It's sacrosanct. So we have to put our attention beyond the policing component. Um, and beyond that, you know, feeling safe is also a feel, right? We, we Our statistics are showing 
improvements and head in the right direction. But we also have to make sure we have a clean city, an accountable city, all those things that give that indicia of safety. And it's a feel. But it's not just doing more for the police. We, don't, we really do sincerely believe that they're doing their job. We have to put our attention thereafter. What do we do with the migrants that are coming in? Uh, you know, I wish we had a few more minutes. Um, we got to take a break. Can you stay on for a couple of minutes or, or, or while we take a break? Yes, or should I'll, we? I'll I okay. enjoyed the conversation about Power Express. My good uh, friend keeps it. I want to talk, talk about uh, uh, the uh, migrants coming into the city. Uh, let's take that break and we'll be back. And Frank Carone still be with us when we get back. Yes, we have Frank Carone, uh, Chief of Staff to Mayor Adams. And uh, following him, uh, stay tuned. We're going to have Secretary uh, uh, of St- former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And, uh, and uh, Frank, uh, everybody's upset in New York with uh, these migrants coming in. We're putting them up in, in, in homes. Meanwhile, our homeless have no homes. How, how do you think we can resolve all this? You know, John, it's a, it's, a, it's a great question. It's just one of those, you know, moments where we just have to establish leadership. Uh, and I, I just have to say for a moment, I had the opportunity to go down uh, to the Port Authority and greet some of those asylum seekers from Venezuela. And it was a very moving experience to uh, hear their story. You know, leaving a socialist, um, corrupt, violent government, uh, which many of us could identify with. We all have families that have done the same. And you know, showing how that socialist regime failed and is destined to fail, and they, they, they can't li- make a living, they, they can't vote, vote, elections are overturned, there's no justice. And leaving that socialist corrupt regime coming here, we all could identify with. I'm calling it like an Ellis Island moment. And hearing the story how they traversed the jungles of Venezuela through South America, uh, into Central America and Mexico, and then getting on a bus, we, we've heard some some tragic stories where the uh, folks in the border were uh, barcoding them, uh, making them sign waivers without, in a language they don't understand, um, ignoring um, papers where they're here to see their families, um, putting them on a bus, uh, not knowing where they're going in some instances, and not allowing them to get off the bus. And we, we just have to be clear that these are not illegal, undocumented um, folks. These are legal documented assilies that have been giving asylum status. Now, of course, they have to go through the hearing. And it's our job to em- embrace it as best as we can, as we all did with our ancestors. Now, there is a point where, yes, it's, uh, you know, those services become taxed, and that's where we're approaching now. And we're now working with the White House as best as we can in the state to figure out an appropriate strategy. Understood. Uh, but we all live this, and we have to just be conscious and intentional about We'd it. We'd love to have you on again real soon to, to, to further the discussion, but uh, Frank Rohn, Chief of Staff to Mayor Adams, thank you so much for coming on, and God bless you, and we God bless our city because we need a blessing. Thank you, John. Thanks, and Frank. Same to you. Pleasure. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, guys.